0: Welcome to Families for Life with Brian and Brian, a podcast of Oak Hill Baptist Church.
1: On today's episode, we're continuing the Gospel Pandemic Part 10 Plan of Action.
0: Welcome back. Hey man, Brian. how you doing? I'm good.
1: How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm ready. Next week is spring break. It's
1: awesome. Yeah. Very excited about looking forward. To taking it. a little bit of a break. Yep. Yeah, me too. So just so
0: everybody knows, on the back end, this is our very last episode. We were just talking about we've pretty
1: much said all we need to say about, about discipleship. Evangelism
0: yep. and discipleship now. We just
1: gotta do it. That's yeah, that's right. This is and that's kind of what this episode is about, is basically just just doing all of the things that we've been talking about and right. kind of setting yourself up to get this done, to do these things.
0: That's right. So we'll, we'll have a couple mini episodes mm-hmm. uh, coming up that we're excited about, at least for two weeks. And then we'll jump into a new series. If there's something that you'd like us to talk about, if you have uh, an idea for us, shoot us a message and let, yeah, us, let know. us know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah. Okay, so as we jump into this, Brian, uh, let me ask you the same question you asked me last week: How have you been used to carry on the legacy of discipleship?
1: Yeah, so uh, real quick, I'll just say, like, you know, we want we're saying this so that people know. Um, that this, th- this pays out. And, and what I mean is like, this is worth it. Like you see results when you put in the time and energy and effort to, to do these things. And and some of the ways that I've seen it are just in. Um, so for instance, when I f- uh, started in ministry, there was a, a young man who I uh, sought out and started discipling. He was uh, probably a freshman, Um, I think, and, uh, we, you know, so I started discipling him and he became, you know, a A close friend of mine. Um, it's funny, one of the principles we're talking about is just kind of living life together. Well, he was actually with me as, uh, in a discipleship meeting. We were just talking about life when, uh, I found my house that was going up for sale here in town. And he actually drove all the way from Louisville to Evansville with me, um, to do that. And so we just kept the discipleship going. (laughs) But, um, The reason I bring him up is because this year he's actually getting married um, and he has been just living his life for the Lord. He is a huge impact in his church. Uh, he, after I left, he took on some of the younger guys in the student ministry and was discipling a fairly large group of them. And now I see, I see a lot of those guys who are living their lives out um, for the Lord. And it's just really encouraging to see that multiplication happening um, just by pouring yourself into one person. Yeah. And so I see that. Uh, you know, one other thing I saw. You know, you you even mentioned your your daughter is one of our student leaders now, and that's because you know we had another girl who was a student leader who was pouring into uh, your daughter, and so that's not that's not because of me. That's just because. I was just, we're just trying to be faithful to Christ's mission. Right.
0: Well, with the student leaders, it is, it is discipleship. Yeah. Um, It's not that like D group or one-on-one. It's a large group, but it is a, it's a, it's a, Method and a model to push them into intentionally creating discipleship relationships. It's like
1: a catalyst for that. It's like, okay, here we are. Now go do this. You know, right? Exactly. So, So. yeah, no,
0: that's great. I think it's encouraging to hear these stories. You know, and it again, it's not about you. It's not about me. Right. It's all for the glory of God. But we say this to encourage you that that God works Mm -hmm. in an amazing way. When we will be faithful to disciple, He will work in these amazing ways and we'll see the multiplication, the replication going on for years yeah. because of a, an investment
1: that we can make in that time. That's absolutely right. So that's, that is super encouraging. And I hope that you guys hear this. Maybe you as a listener have experienced this yourself. If you haven't, well, here's, here's what you need to do. You need to make a plan of action. So we've been talking about these things for weeks now. Um, we and took now, all the
0: practical steps, yeah, and we put them in one episode because we we need to talk about a practical
1: plan. Just just getting just getting it done, just doing it. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, there's like, uh, let's see, I got we got seven steps here, seven things that we need to do to just make discipleship, evangelism and discipleship happen. So Brian, why don't you lead us out? What is the first thing that we need to be doing as we get started?
0: Yeah. Step one is to pray. You got to spend time with the Lord and make sure it's the Lord's plan. Uh, You know, take whatever plans we have, whatever, Mm -hmm. and, and give it to the Lord. Let him lead us in this discipleship. You know, the reality is, you know, I've entered into a, discipleship relationship with a young man who just prayed to receive Christ. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because he just messaged our church on, on the internet. Yeah. And it would have been very easy just to push that away, but I leaned into it and, uh, we ended up hanging out, getting together, uh, shared the gospel with him. He prayed to receive Christ and now I'm discipling him. And that was not, I, all I did yeah. was all I did was pray and say, right. "God, help me find someone that I can that I can disciple." And God just brought this person in my path. Yeah, and He does this so many times in so many ways. It could be somebody r- that you just don't even think about right yeah. now. It could be somebody in your life, in your church, wherever. But you've got to start with prayer. If you will start and commit your heart to prayer and say, "Lord, I want to be a discipler. I want to make disciples." Help me to do that. Show me who I need to reach out to. Show me who
1: I need to disciple. Yeah, I think that's huge. And a lot of times we think of prayer as almost like an extra thing, as something that you do kind of like if you're really a spiritual person, you know. And uh, we need to remember that prayer is an extremely practical thing because prayer is us talking to the only person who can actually do this stuff. Um, You know, God is the one who makes uh, he's the one who changes hearts. Yeah, he's God, the one who moves in people's lives, you know? Yeah, God is listening
0: and he wants to hear from us. The yeah. Bible tells us in so many ways and so many times that God wants to hear from you. He wants you to pray. He wants to know what's on your heart, especially when it comes to, uh, things according to His will, for yeah. His glory. Yeah. And He will make those things uh, a reality in your life if we will trust and obey Him, whether it's struggling with a, a sin or a temptation, yeah. whether it's wanting to be a discipler, a, a better um, husband, follower, mm-hmm. be more Christ-like in those ways. If we will bring those
1: requests to the Lord, He will help us to do that. Yeah. And so that's that is extremely practical. That's the first step. If you're not praying about evangelism and discipleship, start there. You need to get that's get right. get to praying. So,
0: Brian, what's step number two? Step
1: number two is to start planning for people. And so that really means just keeping an eye out um, for people uh, in proximity. We've talked about these principles, but really, you know, think about choosing a few people. Um, don't you can't you can't just be like. Comple- you know you can't focus on everybody uh you know that's that's not how we're wired you know i was even watching a show called brain games and they were talking about the the way our eyes are designed our eyes can't focus on anything uh, bigger than you know, a very small sliver, and so like we can't focus on so many people. We have to narrow our focus so that we can actually uh, do this discipleship and make them a priority, so that we can accomplish something. So we need to start with a few because quality discipleship is always better than quantity discipleship. Yeah,
0: yeah I think about the way Jesus did his ministry, and he focused in on a few people, right. you know, a few these disciples. Now obviously there were many other people around. Right, right. And those those apostles invested in other people as well. Yeah. But we have to think about this in terms of for maximum reach, we gotta go smaller. Yes. And I think I think we oftentimes want to think big. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you just from experience, um big discipleship you know, things don't really happen the way we want them to. Right. You know, we don't get people that attend like a discipleship conference or a Bible study to go and make disciples. It's very rare that that happens. That happens when somebody is intentionally investing in someone and pushing for them to make disciples. And that happens in those small groups. We've talked about D groups before, uh, which is a... A group of no more than five that you're discipling. Uh, we've talked about there's one-on-one discipleship. You know, there's uh, for some of us, you know, even counseling. You know, we've yeah. we've been trained in counseling. Uh, we have biblical counselors at our church. That is discipleship, right? You know, when when I'm doing a uh, marriage counseling with someone, That's or I, I'm yeah. doing counseling, that is discipleship. That's right. And so we have to think about it in uh many different terms but but it always is is more about the quality in a smaller sphere
1: yeah and it's not to say that like uh you know coming to church like large like sermons and things like that that is obviously a part of all of this um that's a huge deal but but you always see jesus teaching to a large crowd and then he narrows it in and he focuses on a few and so that's what we're talking about like yes be a part of the large crowd have a large crowd that's great but you, if you're really intentionally discipling people, you need to plan to to keep it with a smaller group, and you need to stay committed together. You need to stay committed to those people. That's what it means to make somebody a priority is to commit to them, even when it's really hard. Show them that they matter. That's why I think a lot of this works is because you're really practically showing people that they matter, that you love them. You're not being lazy when it comes to your love for them, and I think that that shows a lot. I mean, that helps people put. You know all of these principles that we know about God into a real life practice because we see it lived out. It's
0: funny because a lot of people have a hard time understanding why we why we, we would we invest and spend time with mm. somebody or why we would serve somebody, and you know they're thinking what what are you getting out of this? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And ultimately, we know we do this because we love the Lord, you right. know, and we want to obey Him, we want to follow Him, and so. It, it is a it is a a funny thing because people are always like
1: what are you getting to, out of this Yeah, what yeah. are you getting out of this You know, but <laughs> like there's no catch. Uh, right. I, what I get out of this, a friend, you know, somebody right. who loves Jesus as much as I do. Like that's what I get. I also think that you
0: have to be patient. You know, there's a we've talked about the sanctification process, mm-hmm. and I just want to reiterate that everybody goes through this uh, a little bit differently. And so I think if the goal is. Uh, making progress towards Jesus, then, then you're doing well. Right. Different people will will excel or or not in certain areas of their life. It's a Christ word progression, even if it's a
1: slow one. Yeah, yeah. I think Pastor Allen actually he says sometimes you know it's like falling forward. You know, and, and, you know, the Bible even says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. Right. And that's because we have Jesus uh, to, to pick us back up. Yeah. I
0: think about Peter when he walked up on the water and he lost his faith for a moment because he looked at the winds and the waves. But what did he do? He cried out to Jesus right. to rescue him. Yeah. So even when we're failing,
1: we cry out to Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And could you imagine Jesus, the amount of patience that Jesus had with Peter uh, like that's what we're going for. I mean, even so much to where, and parents have to have this. I mean, I've not had my child say, I hate you yet. Um, but you know, I know that that happens and we have to be patient with the ones that we love the most, um, because, because we make mistakes. And so that's really important plan for people, but also, uh, plan your meetings. Um, so you need to have practical expectations for your people and for the meetings that you're having, right? It, It needs to be flexible. And so sometimes that means you have to use normal activities in your day to Like the other day I had my radiator had a hole in it. I, I had no other time to deal with this than when I was supposed to meet with somebody. So I had this person meet with me and we were looking at the radiator together and talking about the Bible. Um, so that's just an example of how, you know. Yeah. We oftentimes
0: do we do breakfast or lunch or or something like that with people because we got to eat, we gotta you eat. know? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, <laughs> Uh, I can do two things at one time. I can eat lunch and I can meet with someone and uh, have a conversation or if it's discipleship or whatever, um, you know, there's also uh, the model of trying to have an intentional, regular meeting time. Yes, And I think that uh, for me, like if I'm in a formal discipleship one-on-one or D group, especially D group, because you have uh, multiple schedules, Mm -hmm. you're trying to jive that having a time that's regular whether it's once a week or once every other week, I wouldn't suggest going past every other week, but at least uh, every other week, preferably once a week, um, having that time where you meet and you know that time is set aside. And listen, that's going to cost you something because our time is valuable. And I understand that. I've done it all different times. I've gotten up super early in the morning. I've met someone at seven, six, six, seven Mm -hmm. in the morning. I've met him late at night. I had my D group, come over. We were all fathers, put our kids to bed. We met at like eight or nine o'clock at night, mm-hmm. you know, and that's late. I get it. But we all made the sacrifice to get together and be in this D group relationship. And that's part of the sacrifice.
1: Yep. Yeah. We're going to actually talk a little bit about, you know, that uh, but you know you'll find out how important this is to people um, once you like ask something from them. But that's absolutely right. You have to plan it, um, and so do that. You even mentioned this uh, before we started. Just finding a good resource is really a, a, important for your meetings. You know, because sometimes, and you said, what's the one you said? Uh, it's like uh, be a day ahead. Yeah. Um, and and you know, so that's kind of like just just be one day ahead. Don't put so much pressure on yourself to think that you have to like teach the whole Bible to them. It's just, you're just one step ahead. Um, you have maybe a help, really helpful resource that you guys can uh, be reading through or going through together or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you really just have to have a plan for your meeting.
0: We've talked about a couple resources. Um, the the series that Robbie Gallaty's done starts with Growing Up and then Firmly Planted, and there's another third book that you can go through. Those are, those are awesome. Mm-hmm. Those are good for new believers. They're also good, I like these also for people that have already yes. been Christians, but they've never been discipled yes. before because it does go through some of the basics, and it also presses you into make be making disciples and being a D group. Now, for a new believer, I've really liked the walk by Stephen Smallman mm-hmm. because he actually will will in the midst in the flow of his book, he has them reading chunks of scripture and the story of Jesus basically. Yeah. And so I really like that because a new believer needs to understand the story of Jesus in context of the gospel and all these things that they believed. Now they're putting all of the meat behind it, you know, and then he pushes them into the other things, spiritual disciplines, uh, making disciples and all that stuff. So I would. Pick a resource. Don't go into having a discipleship relationship just kind of willy-nilly, like we'll just, we'll just study the Bible. Right. You know, have some sort of plan. Yep. That you, you get a resource or have a plan. We talked about our strategies in last episode that right. you can utilize.
1: Yeah. Well, and one thing, like for me, whenever I talk to whenever I talk to somebody who says that, like, for instance, they're interested in ministry, and maybe you're not going to be doing this, but here's Here's an idea that you can take is I take the qualifications for elders and we just walk through what those mean. So like for several weeks, that's all we talk about. Just one thing at a time. So maybe there is something in the Bible that you can do. But the point is you have a plan. And so you're doing that. And, and the thing is in your plan also, here's where it gets tricky. Don't plan out every single minute of your meeting, right? Make sure there is some flexibility in there for you to talk about. Cause you might come to your D group meeting and you might only have the resource to talk about. Nobody has anything going on in their lives. But then the next time you meet, there could be things going on in, in people's lives that they need to talk about. They need prayer for. They need to express what's on their heart. And so that needs to be a part of this too.
0: Yeah, I think we got to take those opportunities if if we get those divine sort of interruptions mm-hmm. or, yeah. you know, whatever. We need to kind of go down that road and maybe the what you're going to talk about, the resource, can get pushed off, you know, right. a little bit. Because what's going on in their life and uh, in, in thinking about that in terms of their faith... Is discipleship?
1: Yeah, that's important. Yeah, so that's really important. But then coming back to a little bit of this idea about uh, their investment they they need to invest. So plan number four: plan for them to make an investment. Um, you got to find ways uh, to help them put into practice what you're talking about. Um, you've got to make it real for them. And I think what you were saying, even just in your meeting times, like I I know somebody who, um, he only has time to meet with people early in the morning. That's the only time he can do it. And so he tells people, they're, they're always like, Hey, I want to meet with you, you know, for all these different reasons. And, um, and he's like, great six o'clock and he's had people not meet with him. And he's like, well, that's that's how seriously you're taking it.
0: Yeah, uh, I remember a story, and I can't remember. It, it might have been. Spurgeon, I don't know. I have to look this up, but mm-hmm. I remember that one of the one of the pastors would preach the gospel and people would respond to the invitation, mm-hmm. and he would say, "Okay, come back to my office tomorrow morning, and we'll sit yes. down and talk about it." Yes, and he did that intentionally to know if they're really committed to Christ, if Christ has really transformed their life, then they will come back and meet with him. Yep. If not, if they never show up again, there's that expectation. It's not this easy easy believism. Mm-hmm. Not that he's adding something to their salvation; they have believed on Christ. Right. But if they're not willing to come back for a meeting then how real is how this? serious are they about is the faith did the faith just spring up and then die yeah immediately like like jesus talks about in his uh, parable of the sower or has that root of faith gone down deep and is sprouting into full belief
1: yeah that's i think it's really important and so as we find ways for them to be invested you know some of this is just I think inviting them into your ministry service, whatever you're doing in the church, have them be a part of it. Um, yeah,
0: expectations are good. You know all those types of things. If you're if you're serving in the food pantry, you know, yeah. have them. Hey, why don't you meet me out here one day? Or if you got a work project that you're doing at church, you know, if you're delivering CDs to yeah. to the L, to the seniors that are shut in, mm-hmm. you know, find ways to incorporate
1: them in what you're doing. Yeah, that's that's good. So parents, this is you know, parents, you're hearing this. this is how you get your kids involved is by just letting them be a part of what you're doing. And uh, it starts small. You know, if you like, we have chair teams at our church that have to take down. That's a big deal. And a lot of times our families are doing this together. That's huge. That's bigger than people maybe think. Uh, Maybe they do realize how big it is, but, but that's a part of it. And, uh, and then you just kind of progressively give more responsibility more and more. more. I like
0: what you said here in the notes that they uh, put the chairs out and then pray over the chairs. You know that's a great way to. Um, you're you're leading your family. You're leading oh, yes. your chair team into spiritual. Did you forget that you wrote that? I did. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: I'm like, what did I say? You're like, wow, that's a really good <laughs> it idea. Is a good idea. <laughs>
0: but that's a way to take a task that is very service right. oriented, very basic. But we're saying, listen, this is for the glory of God. Yep. People will sit in these chairs tomorrow to hear God's word to mm-hmm. worship God. This is not a small thing. Right. And so when we put that kind of emphasis on it, not that we're trying to over-spiritualize things, but we're just trying to be honest and truthful and bring the spiritual element into all of our life. Isn't that what Jesus wants us to do?
1: That's what Jesus always did. I mean, he was always... And sometimes it can be like, oh, you're just Jesus juking me. Well, it's like, well, I mean, Jesus kind of did that, you know? (laughs) So He invented um, the Jesus He (laughs) he did, and that's why it's named after him. But no, it's because... it. there's always a spiritual element to what you're doing um, because we're doing, the Bible says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. That's right. So if that's true, then even, even stacking chairs can be uh, a spiritual thing. So we need to help people invest themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Number five, we need to plan to help them to overcome obstacles. This is a, this is going to be a reality. And in fact, When I disciple people, I tell them early on, you know, they kind of have that spiritual high, you know, they're on fire for the Lord. But, you know, if they're honest, they're worried because they think if they fail, they go back to zero you know they go back to the starting place and i've encouraged them with this analogy i i love the pilgrim's progress by john bunyan i i love that book it's a great it's a great uh if you've not read that you need to read it yes. there are uh common english versions now in modern english i would encourage you to get the old english it's <laughs> yeah, very hard to don't read the old
1: english yeah <laughs> um,
0: but he taught. But Bunyan talks about the Christian faith as a journey, and I love that analogy because I'll use that with with new believers, and I'll say, "Listen, our faith is a journey. You, you are you are walking towards Christ. You know, you're you're walking with Christ, but you're walking towards towards Christ. And as you fall, if you stumble and fall on the journey, you don't go back to the beginning. You stumble and fall at that moment. Yeah. So you go back to the Lord. You repent. Uh, you find hope and faith in Him to get back up and to keep moving. Yeah." and so i think we have to help people understand that there will be obstacles we will be tempted we will we will fail and sin the, the, the devil is still out there trying to make us ineffective and mm-hmm. and you know he's trying to trip us up yeah. and we know that and we need to be vigilant and watch for that but when we fail we have to keep going the right. lord is faithful to us we need to be faithful to Him.
1: Yeah, I think it is so important for people to remember that, like you said, that's so good. You know, we don't we don't get thrown back to the beginning. We we're still where we're at, and uh, you know, it's like Paul says, "I forget what lies behind me, and I press on toward the goal." and um, and so that's what we do in Christ, and he's the one who enables that. The Holy Spirit empowers that, and uh, and we have to help them. And part of that comes in by just paying attention to um, their questions and attitudes. Uh, th- there are things that if you're paying attention to people while you're meeting with them, you can pick up on kind of the, the the possible stumbling blocks, you know. Um, you might see some things in their life that uh, you might have to address. Um, you know, for instance, students, a lot of times, you know, you can – hear them talking about things, and and uh, I recently had one conversation with somebody where I've been wondering, something's off here, I don't know what it is, so I engage in just a normal conversation, and I start finding out it's their friends, you know, and so then you're able to dig into that a little bit more, ask just a little bit more, like, tell me about what's going on, and um, and you can start addressing that, and so as you're doing all of this, you really need to pay attention to their maturity, um. Because here here's why. So, like you said about that that journey, sometimes people who are in their own journey cannot see their own progress. Would you agree with that? Yes, that's true. And so we are there to to help encourage them. Like, hey, actually, here is the progress that I have seen.
0: Yeah, I really think if you're discipling somebody and it it is a time of of spiritual encouragement. Yes, you have to challenge them, but but we're not browbeating people, you right. know, I'm always encouraging people with the hope of Christ. And so I always am trying to look for positive things to point out and to mm-hmm. say, man, you know um, for instance, if, if they're struggling with their, their marriage, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I've encouraged them to find ways to love their wife guys to love their wife more, fa- you know, in a, in a new and different way, you know, mm-hmm. for instance, they do something I, I'm like, man, you are, yep. you are doing great. You know, you're making great progress. I'm always pointing out positive, good things that they're doing. Because there's always good things to be pointed out. Now, I have to challenge them at some point. But even in that, I want to give people hope. Right. You know, we're not sitting there saying, well, I can't believe that right. you you messed up. You know, it's like, hey, let's, let's find repentance and let's find our hope in Christ. Yep.
1: Yeah, that that's so huge. That's really good. I think part of this really comes down to, you know, we already talked about that Christward progression. I think that's what you were mentioning there. Um, But a lot of this comes down to also being able to sympathize and empathize with people. Um, You know, this is carrying each other's burdens. You know, that's a part of what discipleship is. Uh, We have to uh, sympathize with what's going on in their lives. We even have to, in some to some degree feel that for ourselves, you know, it says to carry one another's burdens, not to just know about them, you know, and so we have to we have to let people know that their burdens affect us too.
0: Yeah. This is a little bit of a balancing, you know, you, yes. you, you can't carry, you can't, um,
1: you're not Jesus.
0: You can't take it on Right. and you can't own every single problem or every single thing you have to, this is again, putting expectations
1: That's huge. and
0: helping them come up with a plan, you know? Yep. So discipleship, the work of discipleship, you think about what Jesus did with the disciples as he invested in them, he taught them, he helped them, and then he sent them out. And so- they had to do the work themselves, yep. you know. And as we see, you know, we're in a series of uh, in acts on Sunday morning. They have to do the work of the church themselves. Yes. And so, it's not that you're coddling them as a baby. You're you're walking them through faith, and then you're going to you're going to help them own that.
1: Well, and that's that's good because that's. The idea of so when we carry each other's burdens, what are we doing there? Are we just, you know, are we just holding burdens perpetually? No we we are to help people take their burdens to christ so it's not like that's really good i'm glad you said that we're not just helping people hold on to their burdens indefinitely because that's just that's what we want to do that's what we want to do with everything you know and it's like misery loves company sort of thing well that's not what we're saying here what we're saying is yes you're miserable and i am your company let's do something about this let's take this to jesus and you have to walk that balance because you don't want to be calloused and, and unloving, but you also have to help them go to the one who can make a difference. And um, and that, that'll that show you whether or not somebody really wants to grow or not. You well, know?
0: and that really feeds into the next point, which is plan for their launch. That's Remember, right. the whole point is disciples making disciples. And I've been convicted of this more than ever in, um, in just church life in general uh, in our own church and in, in other, just the Christianity sphere, you know, we've got to be making disciples that make disciples. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we stop short, you know, it's like, what were the expectations for you? It's duh, duh duh duh. But then we don't include now, now you need to make a disciple. Yeah. And so from the beginning, I've started in the discipleship relationships that I'm in now is to give the expectation upfront. front, Okay we, you are now going to be making disciples. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, Jesus said. I right. mean, I'm going to make you
1: fishers of men. That's like what he first said to them. Even, right?
0: even baby <laughs> Christians, you know, I tell them, I say, you know, Hey, you need to be thinking about who can you reach out to? And it's mm-hmm. not that they're going around sharing the gospel overtly, but I will tell you for a new believer, people will start to notice the differences in their life yeah. in a major way. And I can't tell you how many new believers are like, man, people are noticing my life has changed. And it's, I'm like, what do you tell them? Yeah. You know, if somebody says, hey, man, I've noticed your life has changed. Tell them, yeah. man, I'm a Christian. I'm following Jesus. And you can have the same hope that I have. And that right there, even if you they can't tell the gospel, hey, come meet with my pastor. Come yeah. meet with my friend, and he'll help you get yeah. the same hope. Listen, listen. Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. That,
1: oh, that's a good point. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah.
0: And so we've got to bring, not that, not that they're bringing people to Jesus, but bringing them to right. the gospel, you yes. know? Uh, and I really think that um, we press into, especially new believers or young disciples, they have friends uh, at that time in their life that are unbelievers. Yeah. And they may never have that many unbelieving friends. Think about what Jesus did with Matthew. Mm. Matthew, we're having a party at your house. Yeah. All of these crazy... Uh, sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes, people that that none of these other guys had Uh, relationships with, that Matthew had relationships through this network of people, came and heard and
1: met Jesus. And that's not Jesus affirming all of this sin. A lot of people like to use that as be like, see, Jesus hung out with these people as a way to say that Jesus affirmed their sinfulness. No, 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 no. What Jesus is doing is he's saying, hey, Matthew, you're different now because you're following me and now I'm going to meet your friends.
0: Yeah, well, if you're hanging out with a bunch of sinners and, and you're a bunch of people that are not following the Lord. Right. Yeah, we're all sinners, and you're but not you get it. and you're not intentionally trying to share the
1: gospel. Then you're literally just hanging out. You're right. not. It's not. You're not doing what Jesus did. That's right. That's right. And that's a key. That's a key difference. And people need to hear that. But sometimes we just need that push. And like that's what you're saying is like, Matthew, let's get your friends together because because uh, you're gonna tell them, you're gonna show them me. <laughs> so that's really good. We so have, got to have to have that. got to plan
0: for that launch yep. from the beginning. Yep. But then as you as you get into your discipleship, relationship, it could be 3 6 a year, right. you know? You've got to tell them. Right. Now it's your turn. Now you are going to make disciples. And and if you have a D group from the beginning, you tell your guys, or you tell your ladies, you are going to make disciples. Mm-hmm. My expectation is you you may be that may scare you. Mm-hmm. you that may stretch you in ways that you never Thought possible, mm-hmm. but in a year from now or six months from now, whatever time frame you have for yeah. your for your your D group, you're you're going to challenge them to go make their own disciples. Right.
1: And I think it's encouraging to tell make people disciples of Jesus. I yeah, that's say. right. Yeah. Um, I think it's encouraging to tell people like, you know, like I didn't start, I didn't like just like become a Christian and immediately know how to make disciples. Like we've all gone through this process. Um, so if you were sitting there thinking like, Oh, I'll never be able to do that be like, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and all these other guys who were just a bunch of fishermen and made them into world-changing uh, people because they simply follow Jesus. So, That's right. so yeah, you know, you can. And so we have to plan for that. And then finally, we have to plan for endurance. This is really, really important because we can get super excited about this and jump right into it. And, uh, yeah, and burn ourselves out.
0: I actually argue that endurance or uh, yeah. you know, perseverance might be the biblical word that you might have heard. I argue that that's a spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in the way that we have to practice reading our Bible and practice praying and, and fasting and the other spiritual disciplines, we must practice perseverance. It doesn't just happen. You know, we train for godliness, as the Bible says. We, we work out our faith with fear and trembling, as the Bible says. All of these things help us to persevere through the challenges of life. There will be so many challenges. We never know what's right around the corner. Could be a, a, a catastrophic thing in someone's life, mm-hmm. natural disaster, could be uh, some sort of disease or cancerous yeah. thing, could be a loss of a, of a loved one. Who knows? loss of a job. Perseverance is walking through whatever life brings you, knowing that the Lord has you and he will take care of you. So your faith is able to persevere
1: through all of it. Yep. Yeah. This, I mean, we, I know <laughs> to bring in another workout, we haven't done a workout analogy yet in this episode. Um, but that's one of the things like with, uh, the type of exercising that, uh, I've been doing is really, I've been trying to focus on my endurance and uh, the only way I do it is by just telling myself, no matter how long it takes, I'm gonna do this. Like, and so it's not about, it's not about outperforming somebody else. It's not about uh, competition. It's not about anything other than just getting to the end. And uh, that can sound very like uh, lame, <laughs> but but you you'd be surprised how much the Lord can accomplish through you if you would just be committed to get to the end.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guarantee if somebody's goal is to run a marathon, they're not thinking, I want to win this marathon. They're thinking, I want to finish this marathon. They don't care if they're first or last. They just want to finish the marathon and know I have finished this. Now, if you finish a a marathon, you want to get better for the next one. Right. But that's all part of endurance. That's all part of perseverance. That's right. And so as we walk this, this journey of life, we need to be able to to trust the lord through every situation and ultimately perseverance is the thing that that is helps to see maturity in our life.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's a, the Bible talks about that, you know, enduring trials, perseverance. I mean that builds Proven character. and what James
0: that. says. Consider it pure joy right. when you face trials of various kind, because this testing of your faith mm-hmm. will bring you to full and complete maturity in the Lord.
1: Yeah. So this is this is so important. So you know, plan for endurance. Uh, it's totally worth it. Uh, you you can do this because Christ is in you through the Holy Spirit. He can keep you going. Um, so just rest in Him. This this is totally worth it. You could have. Your entire lifetime of faithful ministry is going to be yield more fruit than you know uh, just a few years of some kind of insane ministry experience. You know, a lot of times we see these huge ministries doing these insane things, uh, you know, and thousands of people getting saved, and that's great. I'm not not knocking any of that, um, but that's not everybody's experience. That's not God's plan for everybody in every ministry. Um, but God's plan for every ministry is for you to continue to the end, and so we got to keep going. Um, ultimately, it's up to Him; it's in His timetable, and so we just need to be faithful.
0: Yeah, that's really good. So these are our seven steps, and uh, you know, really, as we talk about families, the same steps, the same process is is still relevant, and and it's the same thing. It's just it's done a little bit differently because it's your family, it's right. your kids, and uh, you have to. Treat it just a little bit differently. So, what what would be different? How would you?
1: Yeah, I think some of it is just realizing your family like dynamics. Um, thinking about the fact, you know, no, you know your kids better than anybody else does, and so you know, probably, hopefully, you know <laughs> uh, what engages them better. You also know how to make them mad faster. Um, you're going to have to work not to do that. Uh, you're going to have to try really hard not to. Um, sin in your discipleship process uh, with your kids. Um, And so what could be very helpful as you are are doing this the best you can is to find some other adults who can help you in this process. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I want other people. I don't want my kids to only hear about Jesus from me. I want them to know, because eventually they're not going to care what I think. I want them to know what, you know, Pastor Brian Gocher thinks about Jesus. I want them to know what uh, the other pastors, I want them to know what their Sunday school teacher thinks about Jesus. Uh, I want them to know about these things.
0: Ultimately, there's a a very large world and they will be challenged in their faith. And so if they don't work out their faith, if they don't experience... um, that world in those kind of small ways and those parameters as they grow, then um, they they will go out into the world and their faith will fall apart. Yeah. You know, so I I really love the fact you know as I as my daughter is a teenager now and you know we've we've homeschooled and we've tried to invest with God's word and do all the things that we feel like we should do as parents, um, but ultimately as she grows, it's going to be other adults that are investing in her and, and helping her sort of see this wide world. She yeah. has a very, I mean, she has the perspective of, she knows how we feel about things. She knows what, what we think, how our family dynamic is. It's helpful for them to experience and sort of own this stuff on their own as they grow up. So I really think that parents, you need to find a really good, solid youth group. And I love the, mm. the program that you do, Pastor Brian, with um, trying to, Encourage kids to invest in one another and seek out these discipleship relationships. And with your leaders, they're investing in mm-hmm. the the kids. And so um, you need to have a youth group like that, not one that just they show up and it's all like this big um, program and it's it's lights and fog machines. Again, that stuff's not bad. Right. We have those but sometimes. It, so. But <laughs> if that's all that there is, right. if it's just games and candy and dodgeball, if that's all there is and there's no discipleship happening, then it's, it's not good for our kids. Yeah,
1: that's right. And I would say I was, uh, I, I started to interrupt you. Sorry. But, uh, the, the thing about like having other adults in your, in your kids' lives, you know, I think about sometimes we all want friends. And so we're trying to find, you know, couples or people that we can be friends with other adults. And, uh, the question is though, like, are, are your friends, the type of people that you want your kids to look up to? And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure that we can always say yes to that. And it's not to say we don't know people or even spend time with people who, who, you know, we're maybe trying to reach out to or whatever, but the people who are really close to you that are investing in your life and in your kids' lives, are they doing these things that we talked about? Have you planned, ha, maybe, you know, have you talked to them about these things? Right. So that's really, really important.
0: And really the biggest thing, especially when it comes to teenagers is do they see your faith being real and being lived out in yeah. your life. This is more so important, you know. Kids, you can tell them,
1: uh, mm-hmm.
0: you know, do this, do that, you know. But with teenagers, you got to show them. Yeah. So if you're not, if you're not in God's Word, if it doesn't mean anything to you, if you're not spending time in prayer, if you're not serving other people, uh, if you're not making disciples, why do we expect them to do the same thing? That's right. And so, our example will lead them, wh- whether or not they say that they acknowledge it or, or see it, they do see it yeah. more than we even think.
1: That's great because, I mean, think about you and your spouse or maybe you're single. Like, think about you and your situation. Is there another couple or is there another uh, individual that you can either be um, reaching out to and applying these things, this, this plan that you've made? Can you apply this to them? Or maybe is there somebody, is there a couple or is there a person who who can Apply this to you. Maybe you need this in your life. Maybe you need to reach out and seek this out from somebody, so that you can grow in your ability to show this faith you have to your own children, uh, to your grandchildren. You know, wherever you're at. So, so think about these things for yourself as a husband, father, mother, uh, wife, all all the different areas of family life. And is discipleship happening? If not, make a plan and That's then right. start making it happen. So that's really it. That's kind of all of these things wrapped up. I think in a nutshell. Man, we've
0: talked through. If you go back and listen, we've talked through theology. We've talked through uh, practical planning. You know, mm-hmm. all through the life of what Jesus did to evangelize and disciple his followers. Those are the things that we need to be doing. Yeah. the The ministry model has not changed in two thousand years. It still is relevant. It still works today. It's working right now in both of our lives. And we need to see more people engage with this. This is our command. This is our commission. And if we are going to take our faith serious then we will make disciples
1: yeah so you might not be super good at doing this and that's okay but you have the tools here's the thing neither were we right exactly <laughs> Until And so, we started like, sometimes <clears throat> sometimes i get done in a conversation and i'm like man that was a train wreck i have no idea what i was saying and so like but you got to just keep practicing that's how you get better at anything so just keep moving forward um through the power of the holy spirit you can do this. Um, all you need to do is be faithful and apply these things in your real practical life. That's right. In the immortal
0: words of Shia LaBeouf, just, just do, do it. it. <laughs> hey, thanks. I hope you've enjoyed this series. I, we've loved doing it. It has been such a challenge for me. It has been encouraging to me. It has renewed my my faith yeah. in discipleship and um you know, so I really hope that it is done the same for you as well. And if you need help getting started, if you need, um, if you just wants to pray for you, yeah, uh, then let us know. Reach out to us. We are here to help with whatever, um, and and we're just we're here for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we really think that these things are important. We think that this is what the Bible teaches us and so we would really appreciate if you would share this or you know let people know about these things maybe you're you know trying to help somebody understand discipleship more um let them know about this this podcast let them know that there's people talking about this there are resources for them out there and if it's not ours that's fine give them the books that we've been talking about we we don't care as long as as long as people start discipling that's that's just what we want to see that's right so thanks for listening we'll see see you next next time. time
0: Welcome
1: back. What's up, man? How's it going? How's it going? Oh, I, uh, I don't know who asked I asked first. you first. You did ask me first. I'm good. I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um yeah. Get ready
0: for spring break. I'm ready for spring break. Yes.
1: Well you're going on vacation. I am. So. Shh, don't
0: tell people. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. I'm not gonna tell them where you're going. I have a home invasion. I almost told them where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have a home invasion. I'm
0: excited <laughs> about spring No, you're not supposed to say you're going on vacation or going out to
1: social media. People will know you're. You gone. don't like rig like booby traps and stuff in your house. Just a few. That is illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start over. <laughs>